Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to an awesome and, of course, amazing episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I know we're a little bit infrequent in our uploading, but as you know, it is the holiday season and uh, we've been absolutely swamped with end of year stuff and my travel schedule in the month of December, I think I'm only home like two days uh, and we're having to move offices and do all sorts of crazy things. So it is a bonkers month. I even got my new house uh, in Florida, uh, which I'm moving to. So I'm going to start going out there uh, next week and I'm actually going to record probably uh, live from Florida. So it'd be the first time I I record from my house as long as I can get the internet all set up nice and early, but we'll see what happens there. Regardless, today we're going to discuss something that a ton of people struggle with, even me. And I don't know if you did at all, Carson, but I know a lot of people struggle with this, uh, even current pilots or newer pilots. And that is with the fear of flight. I mean, there was a ton of people. I flew back late last night from Austin, Texas, from our, our meeting. And I'll tell you this, it was, uh, it's pretty crazy seeing how many people get scared in a commercial airliner, let alone scared to death about getting in a small aircraft, especially a two or four seater one. Yeah, it is weird. Um, you know, Maddie said that she's more afraid of flying the commercial ones than flying with me. And I said, that is the complete opposite of those scenarios. Uh, I am a lot less afraid, uh, flying a commercial airplane than flying with Brandon, for example. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> To be honest, she should be very scared of flying with you, Carson. I've flown with you before. I know. I'm scared when I fly with you. My safety and others. Yeah, don't worry. The DP said the same thing, but uh, I still have my license, so. That's good. No, you don't have a license, Carson. You have a certificate, by the way. Okay, I have a certificate. Keep going. Keep talking. I need to catch my breath now. Sorry, I like to give Carson trouble. By the way, Carson's not a bad pilot. He's not unsafe. I just like giving him him trash talk because it's fun. It is fun. This makes us fun podcast. Yeah, it's a, a dynamic duo, right? We're the dynamic duo. We're something. We're uh, we're two musketeers. Yeah, uh, you know, we have Mark, so we're three musketeers actually. He just listens to all this and uh, just makes faces at us the whole time. It's fun. It is. I mean, his eyebrows are going up all the time. Like, I can't believe they're saying this stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty funny, actually. Wait till we get this. I I know. I keep on talking about uh, recording video, and we never have gotten it done. But uh, I don't know if we can figure out how to download the video off of this platform that we use maybe you can see some blooper reels i know that we've got some funny ones that are going on now so we'll get a blooper reel episode going i think that'd be awesome i'm sure we could look through 110 episodes and find some bloopers on stuff that's been edited out for sure so mark i'd love for you to find something that's fun yeah we just did some bloopers right before this episode brain was doing a a southern accent it was cracking me up he's like all right now we're in a good mood now let's record so let's get into it you know the fear of flying it's it's really weird how it works so it's known as aviophobia and it actually affects a significant... Is it really? What? Is that really a thing? Is it really called aviophobia? Like, is that, a, is that yep. an actual term? Would you make that up? That's the one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this to make sure that you are not making things up and just lying right, to our it. audience. This is not... I mean, if, if this is really a thing, I'm very surprised. Like, I, I am in disbelief that this is actually a word. Wow. Well, is that or airplanophobia, so... This is a real thing. From the National Institute of Health. And they have a .gov on the back of their thing. This is crazy. Wikipedia, it's even on Wikipedia. Oh, by the way, they also call it aerophobia. And then there's a really long one that I'm not going to even try to pronounce. I don't know. 
petromonohonophobia, something like that. There's some, there's some names. I can't believe you found this name, Carson. It's pretty good. I'll stop dragging on now. I'll let you uh, continue with your aviophobia. <laughs> Thank you. So um, now that you believe me, it affects a lot of people, a significant portion of the, the population. And it can be presenting in a lot of different ways. So it can be anything from mild anxiety to a severe phobia. Um, and it causes some people just avoid flying altogether. There's a lot of people, though, that will just deal with it and they're going to have a terrible time. <laughs> they're going to be scared out of their mind, but they're still going to get on the airplane. But some people will refuse. They'll drive thousands of miles, hundreds of miles, thousands, just to avoid flying. Some of the common triggers, of course, include a fear of heights, claustrophobia, or just feeling like you're not in control, um, which I know Brandon hates not being in control of something. Oh. And a lot of us do, which is why we're pilots, right? We like to control our destiny. I guess. And destination. And destination. Yeah. Can you go a little closer? It's a lot easier. So for some people, this fear can be linked to a traumatic flying experience or can just be influenced by secondhand stories of air travel crashes and, and incidents. And the thing is, statistically, air travel is one of the safest modes of transportation. And the chances of a plane crash are super, super, incredibly mucho low. And the odds of a fatal accident sit around 1 in 11 million. The thing is, sensational media coverage of any airline disaster can really skew public perception. And it makes air travel seem a lot more dangerous than it really is. Uh, a lot of people just look at a news story because the news will absolutely go crazy when a plane crashes, especially a commercial one. So when people see that and those are the stories they see, they don't see a story about every good landing that we have. That's what they hear. That's what they think of when they think of flying. So as I've talked about on way back in episode two, when we were talking about overcoming our own fears in the cockpit and Carson and I both talked about things that made us nervous. I'm afraid of heights. I mean, I still am. We were at the office location for Stratus in Austin, Texas uh, earlier this week. And it's a big giant building on like the 11th floor. And they're building another giant building right across the street from me. And I was looking, I was thinking, wow, they're hoisting up some like giant pieces of metal. And there's crazy people on the ground that are like near where it could kill them. And I was just thinking, this is absolutely bonkers. I cannot even sit in the place where I was sitting. So I sat with my back to the window the whole time. So I didn't have to look outside and see what's going on because I was so afraid of, uh, of that. Right. But also I was really afraid of flying myself and being in a small aircraft. I remember looking down at the wheel dangling off of the 172 because it just, it's just there. Right. And I did not like that feeling. It just made me feel like I was really high up in the air. So I just refused to look at that wheel dangling on the side of the airplane. And that happens with a lot of people. Uh, fear in the cockpit, fear of just being in an airplane, all of those things. And you're right. Statistically, it's incredibly safe to travel um, via aircraft, even small airplanes. You're way more likely to get in a killed in a car accident driving on your way to the airport than you are to actually get hurt or die in an airplane. But I digress because there's only so much you can do to get over fear. And that is just face it, right? You just got to deal with it or face it, in my opinion. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I can't tell you for sure, but I know that's how I deal with it. And uh, every time I, I feel a little sensation, I just kind of, you just have to deal with it. And over time, it's bothered me less and less. I know that dangling wheel off the side of the airplane doesn't bother me quite as much anymore. So just something you deal with. But there's several theories, actually, that attempt to explain uh, why some people develop a fear of flying. Evolutionary theories suggest that humans have an innate caution around heights and fast-moving objects. Yeah, obviously, if you fall off a cliff or something's moving really fast, it's probably going to kill you, right? Like, that's not a good thing. So cognitive theories point to how we process information and form beliefs. Yeah. Again, if I think I'm going to fall off a big building, I mean, I think I'm going to die, right? It like, doesn't feel good. Why are you laughing at me, Carson? It's not that funny. 
Like if I'm looking down at this building, I know what will happen if I fall off this building. But the thing is, you're probably not going to fall off the building. Okay, sorry. You're right. I'm not going to fall off. uh, You're probably not going to fall off the building. You haven't Uh, fallen yet, have you? That was me (laughs) knocking on actual wood, everybody. (laughs) I haven't (laughs) fallen off the building. So I even hired somebody to put the Christmas lights on my my roof so I didn't have to get on the roof this year. Like, I don't want to get on the roof. so funny. I'm going to take you skydiving. We should go skydiving. I went skydiving once when I was 18 years old. There's no need for me to ever go again. Nor bungee jumping. I haven't done that yet, but I'm still not going to do it. No, thank you. Take me up in an airplane. I'm not afraid of that anymore. There's no more aviophobia for Brandon. It's fantastic. I actually used to be okay with small airplanes and not with big airplanes too. And I've kind of switched gears on that. Now I'm not afraid of either one of them, but it's it. I didn't like the fact that there's some guy up at the front or girl up at the front of the airplane that they're flying it. And I thought I could fly it. I mean, I read a statistic the other day that like 80% of men think they can uh, they can land a commercial airliner uh, with no experience whatsoever. And uh, I just want to let uh, that 80% know that is not a pilot whatsoever. Uh, you have a very low chance of successfully completing that. So uh, just what do you think my chances of doing that? If I was super current. If you're, if you're super current. <laughs> um, pretty okay. Pretty okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say you'd live. I'm going to, I'm just not going to say that the airplane would be usable again. Everyone would live, live. but the plane would not live. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I would say the plane would That's better than most. That's, that's improvement. Yeah. I I would say with me, the plane would live, but it wouldn't be fantastic considering I haven't really flown a real airplane that's that big before. The plane would live, but your, your change of underwear wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. I would. No, no, I would be totally fine with that. Actually. I mean, I would oh, be pretty confident nice. in my ability. Yeah, well, you've yeah. done, you've done the type training, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. As long as nothing, nothing were to happen in the cockpit, I think I'd be fine. So, all right, we're getting all off sideways on subject. I'm going to go back. So it could be uh, cognitive theories point to how we process information, form beliefs. For instance, uh, a person might overestimate the dangers of flying based on how rare, but highly publicized these plane clash crashes are like Carson was just talking about. When you're watching the the show Air Disasters on on TV, I mean, that's obviously going to be in the back of your mind like, oh, this happened and this can happen. Well, guess what? It's not very likely to happen. And there was a chain of events that caused that to happen. General stress and anxiety can also play a very significant role in the fear of flying. Uh, when we're anxious, our body goes into fight or flight mode. And that response just kicks in. It heightens our sensitivity to unfamiliar noises, movements, all these things experienced during flight. I mean, there's, I can't tell you how many times I've been holding short of a runway waiting for planes to take off. And my student will just look at me and say, what was that sound? And I was like, what sound? They're like, that sound. It sounds like something's wrong with the propeller. I said, nothing's wrong with the propeller. I said, there's wind hitting the propeller at a different angle now because now we are sideways. We're not going down the runway. So if that's what's wrong with the propeller, the air is hitting it at a different angle. <laughs> Because the air is a fluid, right? Air is a fluid, just like water is a fluid. So if you hit water at one speed, it's going to sound way different than if you hit it at another speed. It's the same thing with air. Normally, the propeller is moving at one speed. And then when air is hitting it, going a different speed, it's going to make a different sound. So people experience these different sensitivities in flight and even on the ground, like the one I just talked about. But it's okay to ask. Uh, Just like your students ask you, it's okay to ask what that sound is. The only way that you're going to know it's a normal sound in the future if you ask, I mean, I can't tell you how many times just during my training, I was like, what's that sound? Is that okay? What's that sound? And no, it's just the engine or, you know, 
nothing it's never anything bad especially being on a large airplane there's tons of sounds i mean every portion of the airplane just creaks uh it sounds like you know the, the wheels coming up the wheels coming down the flaps moving everything just makes sounds so you're not going to know unless you ask someone what that sound is and that's how you know in the future that everything's okay because you're listening for a sound that's not normal correct exactly and i mean the psychological response can make fear seem way more intense and immediate than it probably really is. So just remember, if you get nervous in a flight that you're doing yourself, you just need to calm down, relax, assess the situation, because you just acting on fear and irrationalities is not going to help you. Now, if you think there's a genuine emergency, you should declare an emergency and then take a step back, figure out what you need to do. So aviate, navigate, and communicate. You need to make sure you do those three things and you do them in that order, FYI. So I said, declare the emergency. That's the third thing you should do, <laughs> but fly the airplane, get a, get a consensus of what's going on, navigate, figure out where you're at, what you need to do, and then communicate. So declare an emergency, do whatever you need to do. You're not going to get in trouble for anything to save your own life and other people's. So don't worry about that. Remember flying is safe. We've talked about it a couple times on here, way more apt to get into a car accident on the way to the airport than you are into a, a, a plane accident. So. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people still won't listen to that and still won't believe it. But I'm sure that you've flown with passengers who are afraid of flying. So how's that go? Aside from you yourself being afraid in the first place, but what's it like flying with passengers that are afraid? How do you handle them? Well, I did this to a friend of mine a few weeks ago, actually, maybe a month ago. I don't know when it was, but I did a little bit of uh, zero gravity and I did some some high bank turns and things like that. And it wasn't very pleasant for her, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. So uh so she was afraid of flying. She's with her friends too. And uh, it was, it was a blast to do. So I scared them some more, obviously is what I did. <laughs> it's probably not what I should do. Uh, but uh, no, on, on a real note though, what I do is I, I talk to them about everything that's happening in the airplane. I really want to tell the passengers like what is going on, what, what they should expect. If, if I expect turbulence, like here's why there's going to be turbulence. Uh, you, I talk about heat rising. I talk about the, the things that are going to cause whatever's going to happen. And I explain why and how it's happening before it even happens. Because then they know that I'm not just kind of BSing them. I'm actually talking from a place of knowledge. And I can actually explain what's going to happen because I can tell them it's going to happen before it even happens, uh, which is just a sign of, a, of a, a, good, a good captain of that airplane, right? So you know exactly how that, that's going to go. So that's normally what I do. Um, and I also explain what certain buttons do in case I get in trouble. And um, if I'm flying with a brand new student, well, what happens if I had a heart attack or something? I want them to know the things to press and pull to make sure that they get on the ground safe and sound. So I will explain uh, where the throttle's at. And I will explain how the control wheel moves. And I'll explain where the button to talk to ATC is and things like that. Just just to to calm people's emotions down and, and make them less afraid because they are, they, they have the same issue. Everybody has, everybody wants to be in control of their own life and their own destiny and, and their own things. Right. Um, some people just enjoy being a passenger and they're okay with that, but they might just be nervous the whole time. But I'll tell you this, if you explain how to use something and, and how things are working, it's going to make them feel a lot better. So I really like to slow it down and make them feel a lot better. Now, if they're a really close friend, I might scare them a little bit too um, with something that they foresee, they seem as, uh, as scary, like, like a 30 degree bank turn. Right. <laughs> and we see as like, Oh, that's a check ride maneuver. Oh, that's not a big deal. Like that type of stuff. I don't mean like inverting somebody in an airplane. That is ridiculous. 
and illegal. Don't be doing that type of stuff. <laughs> but I do stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, those are some some things that I've done with passengers afraid of flying. You know, um, I can't say that zero G would be the way to go. Uh, I also can't judge you. My mom's a little bit nervous in small airplanes, and uh, I did that to her as well. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, there's there's some good ways to go about having a passenger that's afraid of flying or just being afraid yourself and everything from deep breathing exercises that, you know, typically help manage anxiety, uh, mindfulness techniques, reducing that catastrophic thinking, like what's the worst thing that could happen. Uh, and like we talked about being prepared, just understanding the normal sounds, sensations of flight helps take that mystery out of it and wonder what's going on. But I know some people have uh, a little bit of a aviophobia. There's your word again. That's just a little more intense. So how do you feel about going beyond just these normal anxiety coping mechanisms and using medication when you go flying? Not as a pilot, but as a passenger. I was going to really press you on that, Carson. I was like, do not say what I think you're about to say. No, I'm glad you (laughs) added that caveat. Um, If you are flying as a pilot, you cannot be taking medication. So first and foremost, just to add that clarity on that, uh, you can't be taking medication. So if you are taking medication, it needs to be cleared with your AME. And, uh, and that's your aviation medical examiner when you do your medical exam. So keep that in mind. We want to make sure you stay safe um, and legal with the FAA, but most importantly, safe. That's really what we want. Um, the second the second part of that is for people who get motion sickness and they're a passenger. Now I'm going to go onto the passenger side, just so we're very clear. When the FAA listens to this, they understand how clear I am, right? So thank you for listening, FAA, by the way. We really appreciate your- uh, Appreciate what you guys do. Thank you so much. Your uh, and what you guys actually do for aviation. Without you, we wouldn't be flying in the skies. We wouldn't be safe and we wouldn't be one in 11 million, right? So- Shout out to the FAA. As much as people talk trash about the FAA, they really do a great job. I mean, they're just folks just like us and they try really hard. So, but outside of that, yes, I would say you can go ahead and take some medication. You can, I know some people wear those little wristbands for motion sickness. And if you're really scared of flying and, and you have a prescription for something that helps lower that, I would say go do whatever you need to do, I guess. I'm personally, I come from somewhere where I like to take on those things and I like to, to lower my anxiety over, over fears that I have in life. Uh, and I take whatever appropriate steps may be to, to to try to solve that. So I would I would assume a lot of people would like to do that too. But uh, whatever you need to do to calm yourself down, just do it. Besides going crazy or doing something illegal, like you don't need to do any of that stuff. But I would say just do whatever you need to do to make sure that you are uh, that you're comfortable and safe. So pilots and aviation experts uh, always going to be reassuring that flying is routine and it's safe. We're always in the skies. We do it all the time. And pilots undergo rigorous and extensive training. And the safety checks that the aircraft have to go through, uh, every aircraft has to go through an annual. Planes used for flight schools have to go through annuals in 100 hours. And it's been a long time going into all the maintenance that has to go on with commercial airlines. So these planes are super safe. The pilots know what they're doing. And there are redundant and redundant and redundant backup systems in place. So understanding all these factors can really help just alleviate some of these fears associated with flying. When you say super safe, is that close to like super current? It is. It is. Yeah. I'm glad you understand that. I knew where I was going with it. Yeah. Just to make sure. I'm going to make you a t-shirt that says super current. I guess so. Well, thank you everybody again for uh, listening today and listening to our antics talking about all these different things. Uh, we really appreciate you. We wouldn't be uh, here recording without uh, without you listening. So thank you so much for uh, listening to us. As always, uh, please don't forget to hit follow. 
uh, or like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. And uh, it's your huge part of helping us grow the podcast and helping us grow the aviation community and uh, just creating more access to uh, some of the content and, and information that we put out on a uh, usually weekly basis. So if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, uh, you can reach me. It's Brandon at AviationMentors.com. Or for Carson, it's Carson at AviationMentors.com. And as we wrap up for the day, remember, here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya. <laughs>